friends welcome back to another rad years podcast we are uh, blowing through these episodes squeezer we are hitting them down one by one uh on our way to 75 we're on 72 now and math tells me we are close to 75 which means mathematically sometime next before the end of the year we're going to be at 100 aren't we yeah well, it makes sense. I mean, we've somehow managed to push out one of these a week for the most part. And they, people still listen, which is the craziest thing. I don't... I Thank you. I mean, I don't know if the analytics are lying to us, but it says you're downloading it. Well, I do. A lot. Oh, so that's all you. Yeah, I just want to make you feel good you're inside. Going, you're going all over the country, because I can see where you're downloading it from. That's kind of creepy. Oh, yeah. I'm super creepy with I that. I really wish that they would stop providing information to everyone. I'm going Gabe Kapler and Mark Zuckerberg all over all your asses. Speaking uh, of, my God, the Senate of the Congress and Senate, the Senate of the United States of America, for fuck's sake, can you be older? <laughs> Jesus it's hilarious, isn't it? What is it's It's like Charlie Kelly's cross reference. Cross-examining them about bird law. I mean, for fuck's sake, it's embarrassing. So you know this internet, internet yeah. it, it comes with computers? Right. Are the cookies Oreos made by Putin? <laughs> like, fuck. Like, Mr. Zuckerberg, how do you make your money? Uh, <laughs> like, please, like, be less out of touch. Like... Come on, that's embarrassing. This man is clearly mining our data and fucking us over with it, and which I mean, you believe too, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. I and, would be. And, and then the people elected to protect us are asking, like, I mean, I saw some funny like memes on 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 uh, Twitter, um, like I I received a three and a half inch floppy in my magazine of AOL. Is this Facebook? <laughs> When someone asked him if Facebook and Twitter were essentially the same thing, he was like, no, <laughs> I don't believe they are. No. <laughs> I mean, fucking Christ. Yep. United States senators. Like, honestly, get your two-for-one deal at Arby's at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. What's go wrong to, with that? Well, I mean, Seriously. For dinner at 3? Go you to, can have more than one dinner, Ryan. Yeah, but these people aren't. Go to bed and just stay the fuck out of uh, technology affairs. Like, this was something that went to the Senate that actually concerns us. Um, yeah. You know, people who aren't a thousand. So, I don't know. I felt like it was pretty fucked up. It, uh, my thing is I've given up. So, I, ju I just find... I look at it as like a black comedy... And it is terrifyingly hilarious. Well, it's 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 Doctor Strange Love. Yeah, I guess you gotta at some point have to just say fuck it, right? Yeah. 
How I how have I learned to love the bomb? We gotta, get a cowboy hat. Just ride it all the way to hell, baby. Ride it to hell, <laughs> Donaghy. Uh yeah. So I saw that tonight. Uh, what else? I I also saw blockers tonight with Enchantress. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I felt that like some point my eyes were sweating. Ah. It was really sweet. It was hysterical, by the way. I haven't laughed that hard. I told you I haven't laughed that hard in a theater since probably The Hangover. It is mm-hmm. really funny. John Cena, whether you like him or not, is hysterical. He's really good in it. Uh, Ike Barinholtz is great, but the Steeler the, who stole the show out of the, the, the parents was Leslie Mann, uh, the wife of Judd Apatow. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is fantastic in it, and and the the young women who played the roles, it was like a it was. Uh, a people were complaining. Um, it was kind of a gender swap from the typical eighties and nineties teen comedies where the men okay. are trying to lose their virginity. It's about three high school girls like you know fuck it we're gonna we're gonna lose our virginity and they are they are fantastic they're very charming they're really good. Uh, it, the whole the whole movie is really well done. It's uh, uh, I say kudos and, and go see it. So you you cried? I no. Nah, you can admit it. You cry. I cried today. I, I mean, I, I I I didn't, but I could have. It was really sweet. It was there was a scene that at the end that was just really sweet. I and, cried um, a lot during this production of this I know episode. Enchantress being raised by a single mother. Uh, because Leslie Mann plays a single mother in the in the movie. I I you know I know it's special to her, and I know it's gonna be spe- special. <laughs> so I was like, you gotta let your mom see this, and she's like, I don't know if she'll she'll get that. That's what what we went through, you know. Because in hindsight, you never see what you, you know. You never look back and say, oh, that was me, you know. But I don't know. It was. I think for you having a daughter too, this would be special for you. It's really. Oh, thanks. It, yeah, no, yeah. it's it's. Not a nightmare. It's really sweet. You, okay. you really like it. And and fuck, man. Everyone, I don't really watch wrestling anymore. Uh, I caught a little bit of WrestleMania because I'm paying for the network now, and I'm gonna keep paying for it now. Just <laughs> did you do? Did you just sign up for the trial? But then just you're yes. too lazy. Well, no, to no not it. too lazy. I, you know me. I'll cancel it if I have to. But I just keep watching. Like like I because of something to wrestle with with Bruce Pritchard. Uh, I keep watching along on the pay-per-views he's talking about. Once I've seen already. And mm-hmm. uh, now he's, him and Conrad signed a deal. They have a show going to the network. So I kind of got to keep it. So I was like. Uh, and you can you can use that. You're not watching anything new, though. You're going back and digging no, in the no, archives. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Archive. But I did you watch. still check out some of the NXT stuff. It's I, amazing. Well, I, I mean, I don't give a shit about the wrestling. I like the promos and the oh. pageantry and the sets. So I watched uh, a little bit of WrestleMania, and I, my personal opinion is Charlotte Flair is the best wrestler on that roster right now. But I could Mo- the women are are amazing. Well, I don't know. They're Charlotte fun to watch. Flair is really good. She's just a good wrestler, and she's yeah. she's charismatic and she's it, fun. And her intro. If you really watch, cool. if you go back and watch that Women's Royal Rumble that just happened, yeah. And compare because they bring all the women back from, especially like the Attitude Era and stuff, like when. We were all in, and the difference and like the skill set. Yeah, the, uh, like they would just tackle each other and pull each other's hair. Yeah, 
Yeah. These women no, no, go it, out it, there. And it's, it's really good. But I, I mean, I didn't watch a whole lot, but I, I know that people hate on John Cena. And I don't know why. I don't know anything about it. But uh, from everything I've seen of him, and he was one of the best parts of uh, uh, Trainwreck, which that movie wasn't too good. But I thought John Cena was a bright spot in that. It's funny. Trainwreck was like, oh, my God, this movie's amazing. Everyone go see it. I, I kind of hated it. And But it's not that people shat on blockers, but fuck, that movie's really good. It is really <laughs> good. I know Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg were the force behind getting it made, and um, I think it's it's gonna hold. It's gonna it's gonna stand tall with Hangover. Uh, Damn, as far as R-rated comedies are, and and man, it, it sets a precedent for women that they could be as raunchy. You know, young women could be as raunchy and hold their own with the men. I mean, it's like it's better than American Pie. Uh, so if you let a, if you show a story of women uh, at prom night trying to lose a virginity, I think you get a better tale. <laughs> Because men, it's the same thing. It's that we've been. It's the same story we've been telling for years. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and we act like idiots in the process. And... Right, but women can act like idiots. Young women could act like idiots too, and it's fun to see. And uh, I liked it. It was really good. Uh, nice. It. So uh, let's move on. What are we talking about tonight? We are talking uh, movie soundtracks today. Ah, uh, I like this one. I when you I thought you threw this, this out there, be... and I I, I I dug it right away. Because when I was a when I was a a kid i really dug getting movie soundtracks because it was like before you could get a mixtape squeezer this was like buying a mixtape. yeah yeah it's, it was like the the work was done for you yeah well i mean you didn't always get the best you got some stinkers but there were some stinkers there were some that were awesome some that really disappointed like these weren't in the movie or like when you get the you have to watch out for that word inspired by that's two words Right. Well, I don't care. I, I'm counting for me. I know you went a little different, but for me, all of the, my picks are, are released on tape or CD. Mm -hmm. And all of them are ones I owned at that year, the year it came out. Yeah. Well, I've I had all but well, one's a score. So I didn't have that, but I did have it on VHS. Uh, and then the other I did not have because that was like, I, mean, I don't want to say big letdown because I mean, it did have some amazing songs on it. But for all the songs you could have had, it didn't, and it was still it's like my favorite movie of all time. But and neither of us um, picked Forrest Gump, which is just all the best songs of all that era are on it. it so yeah, it's, it's a hard to pick. Given, yeah. you know, it's there's even I even found a list because as I was kind of digging around, like I kind of put this together off the top of my head, and then I started looking, and then I found like, oh, this like the one I picked is like number one throughout all the '90s. I'm like, man, people are thinking I just went in and just picked number one. I didn't. I went, I put on my best high school, high school girl, middle school girl outfit and picked this album. Yeah, right. Well, that's the case. But let's let's get into it. What's uh, you ready for your top pick? Oh yeah, give me some Kenny Loggins. All right, here we go. First CD I ever bought. Just the way he says, Danger Zone. Danger Zone. 
What did first you, CD I wait, ever you bought had a CD was the, uh, the Top Gun soundtrack, along with Appetite for Destruction. I bought them together. Wait, so you bought this later? You didn't have it. You didn't buy the CD when it came out, right? Well, I was like three. <laughs> um. No. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. Because but it was still I, the first CD I bought. It was all. It was out there. I was gonna say I didn't have a CD player till I was like thirteen. Yeah, I think I got... When did I get my CD player? I think I got my first CD player for my 10th or 11th birthday. So I've been like 93, 94. And then, you know, we went down the tunes and, you know, I, right. I grabbed these. My uh, uh, my first CD player came from Clover. Uh, it was after I had that aforementioned seizure I talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the flu in the hospital after I had the seizure. So I was home bedridden, and you know, while they were testing me, they didn't know why I had it. So I was at home, I was going to the doctor a lot, my dad went out and bought me a disc man, and he got me two CDs based on my favorite groups. Got me Aerosmith Classics Live Volume 2 and The Best of Billy Joel. Those are my first two CDs. So. Us. But, I mean, this CD, this was epic. I mean, nine times platinum epic. Uh, I think every once in a while when uh, you and I hit the right uh, uh, like focus cue or something, we both have the right idea with the camera. We like touch hands kind of and Berlin's take my breath away comes up in our heads, right? Yes. Well, I, I'm singing playing with the boys, but you know, <laughs> take my breath away works too. Um, all of which charted. I mean, th- this had four songs. First of all, take my breath away was number one. You know, on Billboard's Hot 100. Uh, and what else? Oh, it won and it won an Oscar for Best Original Song. Danger Zone made it to two. Uh, Heaven in Your Eyes. Remember that one from it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that charted at 12, and then even Playing with the Boys made it to 60. Uh, and that song, without the visual element to that song, it's just not the same. Yeah. Um. Here's the beauty of it. So we played Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. Sure. We all know Kenny Loggins did Danger Zone. Right. Do you know who they originally wanted to do Danger Zone? George Michael. Uh, no, but good guess. No. Okay. Uh, Toto. Oh, Jesus. But then there were some contractual issues, and so they couldn't do it. So do you know who they then wanted to do Danger Zone? No. Brian Adams. That would have worked. Got but then Brian Adams didn't want to do it because he didn't want to glorify war. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Brian Adams couldn't do it. So guess who they went to next? Uh, Tom Jones. REO Speedwagon. Ooh. But they wanted to put their own original tracks in the movie or on the album as well. Slow and they said, no, you're doing Danger Zone. Yeah, Fuck right. you. Yeah. So after Toto, Brian Adams, and Aria Speedwagon, we finally come to Kenny Loggins. They asked Corey Hart. Oh, wow. <laughs> and Corey Hart uh, uh, declined. Okay. As so then they asked to. Kenny Loggins to do it. <laughs> I mean, Kenny Loggins, here's the true story. I, uh, I didn't know Kenny Loggins did good music. And not saying good, the song I knew was good music, but... What I knew of Kenny Loggins was my mom was like a big fan of Delilah. You know, you remember Delilah? Love someone tonight. Right. 
she doesn't really seem like I'm. I'm sure uh, she's probably not. But in my mind, I always pictured her like eight hundred pounds. Oh no, absolutely. Yeah. And like just hugging the microphone with her rolls and like, hey, and like people would always call in with the saddest stories. I uh, always hoped it was a dude. It was the first catfishing. Right, but it was uh, locally. It was on Philadelphia one hundred two point nine WMGK before they yep. went like classic rock. So every night my mom would listen to Delilah and she'd make my dad like drive us around on like rides, like ride trips. I fucking hated them and just listen to Delilah and she'd yeah, play. Yeah, we spend so much time in a car listening to her. Oh my God, so much time. So she would play Kenny Loggins, uh, the Christopher Robin song, and We Knew the Pooh. Yeah. And it was yeah. like very slow and picking, you know, and it was like very soft rock. And I never knew Kenny Loggins got like, got it on until later in life when, um, my dad told me that he was the guy who sang the song from uh, Caddyshack. And I'm like, no, he's not. That's not the same guy. <laughs> and that's what won you over. Yeah, that's what won me over. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I wasn't the biggest Top Gun. I thought Top Gun was fucking stupid when I saw this kid. I was, I was a bigger fan of uh, Hot Shots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> obviously. Hot Shots. If you, know, awesome. if you know me, obviously, you know why. Of course. But uh, I a huge Caddyshack fan. And then when I found out he was the guy who did the Caddyshack song, that, that cemented him. All right, this guy's... The, the, the biggest bummer out of this... So, all right. So, yeah, there, there's some famous songs that came out of this movie. But what is the one song that's in the movie that, like, everyone sings? Oh, I know this. Uh... Uh, take my breath away, but no. All right, what is it? Just tell us. Uh, you've lost the love and feeling. You lost that love and feeling. Yeah, it's fa it's famous scene, and everyone does it. It's like one of those things you used to do in a bar before the fucking uh, uh, Sopranos and uh, yeah, sure, everyone did that. Fucking what's their names ruined it. Uh, yeah, that wasn't how on did there. Sopranos ruin it. What? Sopranos ruin you've got lost that love and feeling. Uh, th well, after, uh, what the hell, uh, why am I going full blank here? Are you talking about the song that ended Sopranos? Yeah, yeah, what the hell, it's, uh, the guy from Home Depot. <laughs> You're talking about Journey. Yeah, Journey. Yeah, the Home Depot guy. Stephen Perry? Yeah. What's that? Stephen Perry? Well, the guy that replaced him. They found oh, it, like, a Home Depot, Filipino like, loading guy? lumber. Filipino. Um... But yeah, after it was that like then everyone started singing that in the bar. But for the longest like you did this shit. But that was it was not on the on the CD. It wasn't until 1999 when they released a special edition that they put on uh, "Love and Feeling" stop. and "Great Great Balls of Thing." Killed the ball. I just pulled the Sopranos and killed the board after I said "Don't Stop." Oh. that was a little shout out to you, Sopranos fans. Who know how the series ends? Oh, spoilers. Well, not necessarily. Oh, yeah, that's true. You have to be in on it. Hey, at least it doesn't end with a Christmas party. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so continue. Tell us more about this soundtrack. Uh, it was, uh, I mean, it was my go-to. I guess was the the sound of Squeezer Summer of, I don't know, when the hell was it, 1993 or 94 or something like that. Um, I picture you playing my... volleyball shirtless. Oh yeah. Why are you listening? Well, to that this? was me. Yeah, I, it was me and my pretend. I'd pretend I was there with Val Kilmer. Um, <laughs> You're just preparing for me, aren't you? 
Yes. Well, no, but it was Val Kilmer from Tombstone. Oh, okay. So he you know, um, emaciated him pneumonia. You were with me at the toy fair when that old man just kept going on that we had Val Kilmer here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Toy Toycon. Mm-hmm. It's never been women ever. Mm-hmm. It's always been grown men who relate me to Val Kilmer. They say I look yes. like him. And now I have his chins. And now, <laughs> no, he lost all that weight. Oh, good for cancer. him. Oh. No, he's struggling, but he's he's a good dude. Uh, what I love him. Yeah, he's one of my he's, he's in, one of my he's favorites. My favorite I'm going to talk him a little later, but um, you could continue. I am sorry to cut you off with my jokes. Oh no, no, not at all. We should we we spent a lot of time of uh, mocking Kenny Loggins, and I don't I don't mean to. I have the utmost respect for the gentleman. I just found that kind of humorous because you know maybe Kenny Loggins. Uh, is also a fan of the show. If you are Kenny, what up? And you know what? I hope your your song Christopher Login is in that new. Uh, I'm sorry, Christopher Robin. I call it Christopher Login. <laughs> Christopher Robin is in that new. Did you see the trailer? The That's teaser. That's like a Weird Al version of it. Yeah, because that would be. It would. Did you see the trailer? The teaser trailer for Christopher Robin. Yeah. Oh my God, little poo. Mm-hmm. That I want to see that. It's like they did Ted without the raunchiness with Pooh Bear. Hmm. I'm excited. I want to see it. Uh, but moving on, Squeezer, uh, yes. you know what holiday I celebrated on Sunday? St. Patrick's Day? No, it was it was April 8th. I, I just assume you celebrate St. Patrick's Day whenever the opportunity arises. <laughs> I'm, we, we are. Ryan Joseph Kelly, I celebrate every day. Uh, no, April 8th. Do you know what holiday it was? Even though I was working, I was still celebrating. Ramadan? No, it was Rex Manning Day. Are you aware of the context of Rex Manning Day? I should know this. What's up with today today? That's all I want to know because I'm feeling a sugar high coming on. So, Squeezer, we're talking about the soundtrack to the movie Empire Records, mm-hmm. which is, was one of my favorite movies in 1995 when it came out, and it's still one of my favorites to this day. I'm a big fan of Day in the Life movies, and mm-hmm. this movie kind of came out in the throes of the Kevin Smith era, and I think it influenced it in a way, and also uh, Dazed and Confused. Like, you think of Clerks, think of Mallrats, think of Days Confused, M- Empire Records. They all mm-hmm. happen. It's all a day in a life. There's something about that storytelling that, I don't know, I just absolutely love. Because you would love to have something interesting happen during your average day? Yeah, probably. Not just sit and throw rocks at the power line? Yeah, well, that's fun. That's, that's like the most interesting thing that happens to me. So don't shit on, don't shit on the rock, Squeezer. All right. 
Uh, do you know this this movie and this song? Yeah. Sugar High? So uh, this movie obviously came out in 95. Uh, what we're hearing is a song by... Uh, uh, it's Coyote Shivers, but uh, uh, Renee, Renee Zellweger is singing the vocals, female vocals on it. And... Um, there's a lot of good. This this uh, the soundtrack screams '90s. Till I hear it from you by Jim Blossoms, Liar by the Cranberries, uh, Edwin Collins, The Martinis, Toad the Wet Sprocket, Better Than Ezra, Ape Hangers, Cracker, The Mises, Drill. Uh, this just has like a complete '90s feel to it, and a lot of my albums tonight have a '90s feel to it, and I think that yes, why we all love the '80s and. We could all relate to a lot of 80s music, and I have some 80s albums on here. The 90s is where we started to like be on our own and not just like like what our what we learned from our parents, but discover who we were. And and if you're gonna find a soundtrack to a movie, that's where you're gonna pick up on it. Right, exactly. And the, like, plus, I feel like the they were just they were on to something. Just I don't know, they just worked. Maybe like, it's also because that's when we were kids, and that was what we started. Right, and and Squeezer, like I'm not. Uh, if you listen to all these these albums, and you know what I listen to now, mm-hmm. you can tell that my taste in music was highly influenced by what I listened to in the '90s and what I. Well, there were there were two two that were on the short list that didn't make the cut. Um, where if you want to look deep into the soul of Squeezer, and you know, as a pre-teen, adolescent, teen, high school just black t-shirt son of a bitch uh the tank girl soundtrack and the spawn soundtrack if you want to if you want to know what was going on in my head in the late 90s just listen to the spawn soundtrack and probably don't want to be friends with me after that but well i left off and i talked about it on the show before but the escape from la soundtrack rob zombie stabbing westward yeah uh, so much good stuff on there uh, so yeah, uh, Empire Records. If you haven't seen the movie, check it out. It's it's a hell of a lot of fun, and uh, the soundtrack's even better. It's it's a lot of good stuff. If you love Liv Tyler, you're gonna love this movie. Um, it the, it got a lot of press. Ethan Embry said on on Sunday he tweeted that the reason they picked April eighth for Rex Manning Day was because that was the day uh, Kurt Cobain was found. Obviously after. Uh, some he, horrible some, bitch he did shot something him in the head. To himself. No. Are you knock? Someone knocking on the door? Nope. What was that? That was me knocking. Uh. So uh, yeah. So they they said that like to commemorate the like end of an era and end of like this this music's um, I don't know hero. They that's why they picked April eighth, and this this. I mean, he's had a lot of movies, Ethan Embry, but the the fact that this movie is still one that every April eighth, every Rex Manning day, he's he's uh, he's tweeting about it's it's pretty cool, and people still. I, I was just like, if you go on my Twitter feed, RK Film Co., you'll see. I was just like liking it and retweeting stuff that people were just going on about Rex Manning Day. The, one of the best lines is, "What's up with today today?" <laughs> it's just great. It's great. I love that movie. Um, give it a watch and uh, give it a rewatch. But uh, let's move on to your next one. What's the setup? Well, so you know, the, the movies. There are a lot of movies out there where the the soundtrack 
you know, heavily influences what you see on the screen. Like, it, it's one and the same. When you hear Danger Zone, you see fighter jets going on. It makes sense to you. Right. Then there's that juxtaposition of absolute horror and just gratuitous violence and maybe the happiest, poppiest, feel-good soundtrack you can possibly imagine. So take just a fun song that you want to just bop around to and apply it to the most gruesome scene in cinema history. Squeezer, I'm sending you your two quarters for hitting the post. Congratulations. Oh, did I really? You did. You hit it. You hit it well. Uh, even with the dropout. Yeah. Well, I've heard this song enough. I've seen the movie enough. Uh, I Actually, I think I burned out. Like the, Even the tracking couldn't fix that VHS tape. Uh, I, I've probably seen Reservoir Dogs more than I've seen Pulp Fiction. See, that's where we differ. And I have that on mine, and it kind of... I, I think I should swap it out now, um, but I have I have a swap. No, out. I don't know. I don't want to do too. No, too much I love the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. It's awesome. Yeah, I know, but I don't know. I thought you weren't doing Reservoir Dogs. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. Uh, you said you were doing it, and then I said I wasn't going to do Reservoir Dogs, and then I'm oh, like, well, but, we could still and, do and then I wasn't. I was going to do Spawn, but then I actually hadn't seen Spawn the movie since like you know, probably like 2000. So I didn't have it much. I have something else I want to talk about too, besides Pulp Fiction. So we'll all get to that too, because it is my last pick. But um, this soundtrack was also awesome. I mean, Tarantino, he knew uh, not only pop culture, he knew all culture, and he was just fantastic at. Yeah, and and the way he the way he created just the soundtrack to it, like the whole all the songs were embedded. Like, they took place within the movie. It just wasn't a song to go with it or over the movie. Like, it was on the hmm. radio. Who did he steal that from? I think the director's on your list. <laughs> uh, let's see. Who oh, at the that? very end of my list? He was Italian. He was short. Friends with Robert De Niro. Yeah, you could say that he took a little bit of musical inspiration from that, that gentleman. That guy invented that method. 47 total tracks. And that, and we'll get to it in my last we, pick. We, we, we 40, he used 47 fucking tracks in that movie. He does that. Tracks. I mean, 37. Um, anyway. Anyway. So Tarantino created uh, uh, a channel on uh, K-Billy's, uh, KBYL, KBLY, K-Billy's Super Sounds of the 70s Weekend, which was a radio show that was on the radio playing throughout the entire uh, movie in the background. And even, like, Mr. Blonde, as he's about to cut up Marvin, even says he's like, he's like, oh, well, listen to K-Billy Super Sound, and he turns on, and then Steeler's Wheel starts playing. And it's horrific as he's cutting his ear off. Like, right. I mean, every, everyone's seen Reservoir Dogs, right? Please, you have to. It's just... Uh, it's, you know what the one people haven't seen that drives me fucking nuts? Because it's Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. It's my favorite goddamn Tarantino movie. And it might even be a better soundtrack. It might be. It might be. Might that be. is so good. I love Jackie Brown so much. 
I could just watch it over and over. And I even read the book, Run Punch, uh, twice. I, I just love everything about it. That's it. But I love everything Tarantino's done. The fact that mm-hmm. I picked Jackie Brown as my favorite just proves to you why you shouldn't sleep on Jackie Brown. But No, absolutely. Um, w- what really makes this is the DJ who delivers the dialogue is none other than Stephen Wright. That was the Partridge family's Doesn't Somebody Want to Be Wanted, followed by Edison Lighthouse's Love Grows Where My Rosemary Goes, as Kay Billy's Super Sounds of the 70s Weekend just keeps on trucking. Wow, he's now Dan Ross. It's, <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome because it, it plays throughout the matter. movie. But then they also have it, they have them in on the... Uh, on the CD itself, on the on the tracks, so it actually opens up with him introducing uh, "Little Green Bag" by George Baker's selection, which is the track that they open the movie up to. Right a- after the uh, um, Madonna dialogue, and uh, it with them just that badass struts through the street. That's it's an awesome song. That I love. That's such a catchy little song to listen to. So check out "Little Green Bag," and then. So- um, then you also had some just awesome songs throughout the movie. Hooked on a Feeling, um, which is one of those songs that I would walk around with a little baby squeezette, and that's I would I would sing that to her when uh when I had to carry her around. It was yeah, adorable. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy reclaimed that one though. Uh, no, it's mine now. Can I tell you a story about King of the Hill? And I know I bring this up a lot. But you talk about this DJ being mixed in throughout the movie, which is a great ploy that Tarantino uh, incorporated. My favorite episode of King of the Hill is an episode where uh, Bobby and um, Connie, do you know these characters? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bobby and Connie uh, want to have more time together, but they realize in spending more time together that they actually can't stand each other and they break up. But throughout the show... It starts off with Dale is installing a pirate radio system. He starts by like making Hank think he's installing it on his roof. And Hank's like, install that on your own roof. He's like, ha, tricked you. I am installing it on my <laughs> own roof. So like every scene starts off with the characters listening to Dale's like nonsense. And 
it, it, it's a great I, I, for some reason that episode I love it like like Dale uh, uh, Hank comes into Bobby's room and he's listening to Dale and he, he go, walks over to the radio and turns it off and then starts talking to him and it's just it's it's what the thread that weaves throughout the episode and it makes such a a, a great memorable episode uh, if you haven't checked it out I think it's called Father of the Bribe because Khan's bribing uh, Bobby to break up with Connie. So check it out. Father of the Bribe, King of the Hill. I remember that one. Yeah, it's I a good do. one. Um, what else was on here? Uh, well, I'm, of course, stuck in the middle of you. Uh, what else? They have the whole... Um, it's like a, a minute of uh, the Madonna monologue from Tarantino. He cut that up and smacked that in the middle of it. Um, which, I guess, back in the day, before you had the internet and you can just pull that up whenever you wanted, uh, you know, it was cool to kind of... Yeah, you, you a lot of soundtracks uh, did that. Uh, one that I left off was the Mallrats soundtrack. And that that has a lot of uh, sound clips on it, too. From the movie. And then my, my favorite exchange in the whole movie went... Uh, Harvey Keitel and Tim Roth are in the car staking out the bank, and he's telling them like what you do when you're robbing the bank. And then he's like, you know, if, like if you see if the guy gives you trouble, you cut his finger off, and doesn't that? And, and then and, and it ends with Justin, I'm hungry. Let's get a taco. Like, it's just so callous and cold. Just like it's just that's what he does. Yeah. They how many to, times have, that how many times have we had horrible conversations? You were telling me things, and you're like, I'm hungry. Let's get a taco. Yeah. That's that's where it comes from. And then, of course, it ends just like the movie ends after a horrific, you know, murder, suicide, Mexican standoff. uh, uh, I say suicide saying when Mr. Orange basically admits that he's a cop. That was that was suicide. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, And uh, to and then it just goes quiet. And then you hear Harry Nilsson's coconut start playing and just rise up for the credit. It's just. Ah, uh, it, it makes no sense, but it works perfectly. That's true. It works perfectly. So if you haven't checked out, uh, obviously, uh, the movie Reservoir Dogs, check it out because it is one of Tarantino's best. Oh, they're all his best. Look, watch every movie he's made and listen to every soundtrack because they're all freaking great. Yeah, and don't skip Jackie Brown. Don't fucking sleep on Jackie Brown. I promise you, you're gonna love it. You're gonna just be in, like, and and be, and watch it two or three times afterwards. Cause Sam Jackson's and Michael Keaton are amazing, and um, uh, Pam Greer just is yeah. Sublime. And you know that that was Tarantino. You know that's his like crowning achievement. Ah, absolutely. He doesn't care what he did before, or after. Just having Pam Greer in one of his movies is all he ever wanted, and he got it. That was me sneezing. Sorry. 100%. You're right. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, am I right? I mean, he he named, he renamed Rum Punch and the main character from Rum Punch after a character she played, which was Jackie Brown. So you're 100% on that one. Uh, and and even, even his wife in Pulp Fiction is basically her. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, shall we move on? Please All right, proceed. So, uh, my next one. See if you know what movie this song's from. Mm-hmm. 
I'm sorry, I'm getting lost in a pair of librarian glasses. Oh, I forgot that was your weakness. Don't tell him. Keep it tracked under. Don't tell uh, Mrs. Squeezer, I, I did this to you. But that's Lisa Loeb and Nine You stories. know she listens to this, right? Yeah, I know. That's one of those four downloads that we get. <laughs> we have five, all right? Don't shit on our downloads. So we're talking Reality Bite soundtrack, Squeezer. So this movie came out, and I'm going to admit something here. Uh, I only ever watched this movie like four years ago. <laughs> but I was obsessed with the soundtrack in 94. This was such Gen X, like, fucking want to be part of it soundtrack. Mm -hmm. My Sharona by The Knack, Spin the Bottle by Julian Hatfield 3, Bed of Roses by The Indians. Um, obviously... Stay by Lisa Loeb, All I Want mm -hmm. Is You by U2, Lenny Kravitz, Ethan Hawke, Dinosaur Jr., Squeeze, <laughs> a song yeah, called Tempted to Squeeze. I remember them. Um, but uh, there was a particular song on there that was a remake of uh, uh, some jerk from England who uh, apparently yells at iMag operators for holding up signs. Uh, Peter Frampton, Frampton comes alive. Uh, I, he, uh, I guess the the story was the IMAG crew. So IMAG is what something we do sometimes. It's when you shoot a concert up at the big screens. Mm -hmm. So the crew was shooting people in the crowd holding up signs, albums of his, and putting on the big screen. And he flipped out like a baby, and and w refused to go back on until the IMAG crew left. So I realized, and not that I'm not a fan of Frampton, but he just goes on forever, and I just want to go home a lot of the night. So I realized next time he comes to town, I'm just going to instruct the camera operators to shoot <laughs> the albums in the crowd so I could go the fuck home. But there's a version of his song that I like better. He's probably just worried that Sonic Youth was going to eat his watermelon. Uh, get out of my cooler! <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, thank you. Um, so you know how many times uh, uh, white culture has... Uh, co-opted uh, Jamaican music and culture. It's happened a lot, right? Four. I Four. mean, it's happened a lot. I mean, for good reason, too. We got Sublime from it, and we got Dirty Heads. We got a lot of good music. Yeah. But it's happened a lot. But this was a, a, a reversal of Big Mountain, and I've been to these guys' shows before. They're awesome. But they did a version of Baby, I Love Your Way that, in my mind, is, like, perfect. <laughs> That saxophone? That's mm -hmm. a that's an instrument that I don't think's in rock enough. No. I am more horns. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, how many Mitchell dances I had so Alright, this was like the huge song at school dances. The, oh the, my the god, yeah. Wow, you just sent me through a wormhole. Yeah. So here's a here's a true story. The, the pork. 
obviously we all remember those Columbia House and BMG ads that let you sign up for like a certain amount of tapes, records, or CDs for a cert- for a penny, and then you have to like buy the stamps? in. Stamps. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I guess I felt emboldened in 1994 at the age of 12 or 13 and 95 to, to do it. So I, I sent in, and I, I can remember a lot of it. I, I know Aerosmith, uh, Get a Grip was one. I know the Beavis and Butthead Experience album. Remember that album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of them. And this album in particular, because everyone talked about uh, the Reality by soundtrack. I think also Offspring. Uh their first album was one of mine. Uh, mm-hmm. So I got this tape and on out of all those albums I named, the dirtiest song on any of these albums was Spin the Bottle by Julian Hatfield. There's a line that's like, uh, she is such a sucker. He don't want to fuck her. Spin it around again. Spin it around again. And I would like, oh my God, they say the, they say the F word in it. That's how like, <laughs> that's how, uh, I don't know. Like sand in, head in the sand, I was at going to Catholic school and not having MTV. Like our parents locked out MTV for the, for many years. We didn't have we didn't. Yeah, it was like that evil thing. Yeah, we weren't aware what popular music was. So I got this reality bite soundtrack and I heard this song with "He Don't Want to Fuck Her" and I was like, oh my god. So I got ratted out by my little sister, I think, or my brother. I don't know. My brother's a dork. He still is. I love him though. Uh, that I had a, a tape with a song that the fuck were and my dad like threatened to take it away from me. And then he found out that I signed up for one of those uh, stamp BMG <laughs> clubs. He was even more fucking pissed. He's ready to Don't you me. love that? You, you think you're getting in trouble for one little thing and you can man- and it's not a big deal. But what then did you it get just the leads tape? To- I know. Uh, dad, I got it for a penny, you idiot. I mean, who wouldn't <laughs> jump on this? It was a fucking deal. I pay, I pay nothing for it, so go, you know, what the fuck do you want from me? Stop saying fuck, Ryan. Stop, stop <laughs> saying the word you ran, you learned from this evil tape. But, yeah. Uh, it's not It's not like you're a Teddy Ruxpin. You just pop it in, now you're going to start spewing it. I know, right? Exactly. But I did. I, oh, God, I couldn't wait. Teddy Ruxpin sure as hell did. Couldn't wait to break out with the fucks. Um, so, I was upset. I mean, My Sharona by The Knack. I mean, all the songs in this album were I was obsessed with. And I think a lot of people were this album where it was sold really well. And um, I didn't. I saw the movie finally a couple years ago and I liked it. But at the time, I never fucking saw it. Uh, I was just really obsessed with the soundtrack. I was barely was fair weather with that. Oh, that crescendo. Uh, so, we can move on to your next pick. Okay. Um, so, you know, we, uh, it's all soundtracks. I was actually had a couple scores. Like, at one point, I had, a, I had a really long short list, like a full page of shit that I had to narrow down. And uh, maybe half of them were actually, like, scores. I'm like, uh, and of course, there's a ton of, like, John Williams and stuff in there. And, uh, I mean, uh, too early but like i was always a big western guy so like for me like morricone should be on everything huh. um I mean, the man's a guy he's done everything um but uh, i was gonna do like uh uh last crusade or something like that because that right. again like the western that ending shot and the way it just crescendos and then riding off into the into the sunset is just awesome you know it's one of my favorite scenes uh ever uh for a few dollars more, I think, is the only ending to a movie I think that is more awesome than that. 
Um, but for me, I had to pick something from our childhood, a score, an anthem, something that when you hear everyone that was a child or near a child or just loved a damn dog or cat in 1993, this song is in your head when you're walking through the woods. God, I'm going to cry when Chance uh, gets back to his owner at the end when you don't think he made it. Uh, when the, uh, that's, you're thinking a shadow. Shadow, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. No, Chance came, yeah, Chance came. I, uh, I just watched this. Oh, God. Roseanne, right? Isn't she the voice? Uh, so you're thinking of uh, Look Who's Talking. Look Who's Sally Talking. Sally Field. Who is it? Sally Field was Sassy the Cat. It was she? Yeah, it was uh, Sally Field. No. That's how and I. And then uh, Don uh, uh, Don Amici was Shadow. And Michael J. Fox was Chance, right? Michael J. Fox was yeah. Chance, yeah. Um, yeah, I watched. So I told you I cried in doing research for this project. Hey, you can't not watch this movie and not cry. Well, here's the thing. I didn't just cry because of this, because I did. But I cried a lot more for all kinds of different reasons. All right. So of all my short lists, so I came across. Um, uh, uh, what the hell? Natural Born, uh, Natural Born Killers was on my list, um, which then led me to listen to like an hour of Leonard Cohen. Can I just say, in defending, in my defense of Tarantino, read the script, which you can get, you can buy it or find it online, for Natural Born Killer, Killers by Quentin Tarantino. It, it's a much better movie than yeah. that hacky Oliver Stone piece of shit. Still, it led me to listening to just an hour straight of Leonard Cohen. And then I started to cry, and then I, and it, it ended me with ended with me watching an episode of West Wing, or a part of it, which was Hallelujah. Like, hallelujah. Yeah, uh, when the Secret Service agent gets spoiler. Oh, did you didn't get that far yet? Yeah, not, I, okay. I only watched a few. I'm not there yet. Oh, it's in season three. Uh, anyway, so then I cried, uh, and then this, then somehow because of stupid YouTube doing their thing. Yeah, so you cry in Homeward Bound, right? All the time. Every time. All right, right. Okay. What other dog movie makes you cry? Uh, Beethoven. No, worse. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, what dog movie makes you cry? It's, it's animated. Oh, it's all sad. dogs go to heaven. Okay, so Spur I'm Reynolds. sitting near... Um, Mrs. Squeezer and Little Squeezette don't know this, but as they were sleeping last night while I'm researching for this, I am there in tears bawling downstairs watching All Dogs Go to Heaven on the iPad <laughs> and That's just awesome. losing it because I'm a weak son of a bitch. Here's what I'm going to admit to you right now. Uh, the other night I watched Wreck-It Ralph for the first time for uh, uh, on Enchantress's um, recommendation. We came home Friday night. We put on Wreck-It Ralph. She's seen it a million times. She fell asleep halfway through it. The, have you seen it? Uh, I haven't, no. Oh, my God. There's an end scene that deal with Mentos and Diet Coke. I, that you're just getting... It's, it's more 
heartbreaking and like raw. Is it is it worse than the first like five minutes of Up? No, there's no, there's nothing worse than the first five minutes of Up. Okay, there's, it really is like they. There's nothing literally... more fucking heartbreaking on this planet than the first couple minutes yes. of Up. Remember when I that the other one we talked about in 1994 and I told you that how the UFC instilled a rule that you couldn't be punched in the nuts. Yeah, it's like Ups like saw that rule and we're like, like no nope. punch you in your heart. We're nuts. gonna punch you in your nuts. <laughs> your heart in nuts. your heart nuts. Yeah, that's what they did. They got you right in your heart nuts with that. Mm-hmm. My God, and and uh, we we just discussed this and she tells we, me we have it on Blu-ray and it's still in the cellophane because I refused to open <laughs> yeah. it. It's good. No, listen, I'm not saying it's bad. It's it's, no, but it's, it's good I can't storytelling and filmmaking. I know it's tough. It's really fucked. Especially when you love someone, it's tough. Like if you're not I'm you call me soulless, but I Yes, I, I do. I feel from that. I feel even more from Charlie's on Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Charlie's own ad- have you ever seen his own adaptation of Up? Have yes. you seen the episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When when the liquor, uh, the the convenience store is getting robbed, and they all have their own flashbacks, and Charlie's is the animated up version with him and the waitress. So good. But anyway, Homeward Bound. Oh, and then all those tears because I'm crying. I'm thinking tears, and then of course that led me to tears in the rain, which then I ended up watching Blade Runner. And crying. And kind of, a little bit, yeah, because it's just so goddamn beautiful. I still got to pick up it. Well, I'm waiting. I want to get the wait for the a new edition on the blue. I, I'm gonna wait for the new one, uh, the Blu-ray for that to come out for a few more features. I heard it's a little thin. Speaking but, of new edition, squeeze. Did you see it? Oh no, uh, we're we're moving on. Take four hours out of your life and go <laughs> watch Blade Runner. No, we have it. Uh, Enchantress got it on her Netflix, so we she still has the DVD one. It's adorable. Um, so speaking of new edition, squeezer. The band new edition? Uh, don't ruin my setup. Oh, uh, sorry. There was a movie that came out in 1989 that I loved and had a great soundtrack. And new edition and its uh, aforementioned lead singer were a big part of that. And I still love this song to this day. They called the Ghostbusters and the end control. Had a throwing party for a bunch of children. Well, all the while, the slime was under the building. So they packed up and food, got a grip, came equipped, grabbed their proton packs on the back, then they split. I couldn't hit the post. <laughs> uh, just so you're aware, though, and yeah. two, we're, one, we're going to go back because I wasn't done yet. And two, the entire time I was researching this for this episode and all the songs, this song was in the back of my head the entire time. Oh, really? Absolutely. So wait, what, what weren't you done with on... Oh, Donald oh. Trump. There we got an appearance for Donald Trump in the music video. We talked about this music video on the show oh, before. No, but, with Homeward Bound. Yeah. All right, go on to Homeward Bound. Tell us why we listen to this song. Okay. Uh, interesting note I just wanted to point out, because there's a lot of little tie-ins. Sure. So Homeward Bound, you know, the, we all just love that movie. But it, the song, it was conducted by Bruce Broughton. Which, when you say that name, it's like it's not John Williams. It's not... Marconi. It's nobody. We don't know who he is. But you do. 
Because you've seen Rescuers Down Under, right? Yes. Yeah. And you, everyone's seen, you know, Tombstone. It's awesome. You know, he scored that. Right. Harry and the Hendersons. Um, do you know, there? what's the name of that cartoon? It was really popular in the early 90s. So there was this little director that did a shark movie that, oh, Tiny Toon Adventures? <laughs> yeah, that's his song. Okay. Like, he, he scored that. Oh, and uh, you got the other clip queued up? Oh, is there another Homeward Bound clip? Yeah, Homeward, uh, it's uh, 3B. Man, yeah, I really th- fucked this, this little up. this little ditty that um, you shouldn't have set me up with the words new edition. Oh my! I, I didn't know you were even going that way. Well, I, you knew Ghostbusters two was on my. I did. So you but really? I, I don't. You give me way too much credit. I appreciate that. Anyway, it's not necessarily a song, but he did in 1994 uh, when they remastered everything. Composed this little ditty. And what about it? Uh, well, I'm just saying it was composed by Alfred Newman, but uh, the Bruce Broughton, who you know scored and who, who wrote Homeward Bound, was in charge and conducted the orchestra that probably. So he he's conducted a song that's. In more saw in more movies than anyone else. In a couple Star Wars movies. For the entire well, this was '94. I don't know when they redid it. Maybe like in oh, the okay. early 2000s. So for at least throughout the '90s, his mark was on every Fox movie. Um, back to Bobby. Back to Bobby. So, <laughs> the Ghostbusters 2 tra- soundtrack. I'm not gonna go on forever, cause fuck, I talked about this on yeah. a Ghostbusters episode. We Ghostbusters 2 to Ghostbusters 1 soundtrack. I talked to Ghostbusters. I, I completely defended Ghostbusters 2. Uh, this soundtrack has On Our Own, which was written by L.A. Reid, Babyface, Daryl Simmons, and performed by Bobby Brown. No wonder it's a fucking hit. I still love it. Right? It's New oh, Jack. Absolutely. New Jack to the fucking core. Yeah. And I love I'm a huge New Jack fan. Then there was Me Super... I, re- I, w- I remember when he hit a guy over the head with a Nintendo <laughs> and a cartridge came out. So then there's Supernatural by New Edition, Promised Land by J.T. Taylor, We're Back by Bobby Brown, which is another tight New Jack clip, uh, Spirit by Dougie Fresh and the Get Fresh crew. Whoa, J.T. Taylor? Well, that's weird. Why? Like Jonathan Taylor Thomas. It wasn't. It was, it was James J.T. Taylor. Taylor's son. Yeah. We crossover over Wow, that's kind of like a weird... Um, then there was the Ghostbusters remix by Run DMC. You know that one. And uh, flesh and blood, but flesh and blood by Oingo, Oingo Boingo, which was Danny Elfman. Oingo Boingo, yeah, Danny Elfman's band. Um, and of course, let's not forget "Love Is a Cannibal" by Elton John, "Flip City" by Glenn Frey, and the song that everyone loved on the soundtrack "Higher and Higher" by Jackie Wilson. Uh, the soundtrack. I, I dream that. Like that one day I'm going to be able to control the Statue of Liberty with a uh NES advantage. Yeah. Yeah. We all we all have that dream squeezer. Uh one but day. But do that song. Like you have to. There's no other song to do it to. Yeah, it's gotta be Higher and Higher by Jackie Wilson. Loves Jackie Wilson. 
Love Jackie Wilson. You're not sleeping with it, are you, Ray? Always oh, a quiet one. I went. It was on the other day. I was just flipping through, and it was on on uh, maybe AMC or no, Showtime 30 or whatever it was. All I know is Ghostbusters was on the first one. Right. I I, I know you're talking about the second one, but God damn it, it just it holds up. Yeah. So does the second and one. It, they both do, and they always will. Like, always it, will. Um, and the reason I love Ghostbusters 2 and I defend it to death is because I was obsessed with it as a kid. It was so I, I didn't I knew about the cartoon. I was into the cartoon before the movie. And then my aunts were like, did you know about the movie? And I'm like, are you fucking what movie? And this was 86. So I was four. So we went to Blockbuster and got the movie on beta. And uh, our first copy of Ghostbusters was beta. And then. So that was 84. This was, mm-hmm. no, and I'm sorry, that was 86. This was three years after that. So I'm four, five, six, seven. So three years doesn't seem like a lot, but to us, to like from a four to seven, that's like a, an infinity, yeah. an eternity. Especially if you have parents that don't want you, um, parents that watch Saturday Night Live and know that they don't want you watching like Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, but <laughs> my parents. Did it? They, they, my dad loved Saturday Night Live, and we watched Caddyshack. So, like, there, you know, mm-hmm. we saw Caddyshack too before this. So they were all my my parents were all a okay with taking me to this movie. They were happy to see themselves. So that we saw this in theater. I had the I had posters. I had the the not the kids novelization. I had everything uh, for this movie. I was so obsessed. Well, I was talking Ghostbusters one, like when you're like three. Yeah, no, they they showed it to me. They were happy to show it to me. I know, like that. To be like, fair, Squeezette's first movie was her it, first song was Foo Fighter Saint Cecilia because it was on when we got her in the car, the most terrifying moment of your life. But her first movie she ever saw was Jurassic Park. That's awesome. If as long as there like fuck wasn't in it or there wasn't like nudity, like my parents even even you know. And then I even saw my when my mom was away and my dad would let us see Caddyshack and other like garbage movies like Revenge of the Nerds. But as my mom's rules were like no f words and no nudity. But mm-hmm. they that's just, how I got busted watching Police Academy. Yeah, well, we saw you know my dad. I, I watched Police Academy. And my, I like my mom walked in and it was at the scene where um where uh the, the and Hightower the fire scene. It was like and like the tits are flying around. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, pardon the, I'm sorry, breasts, and. Uh, <laughs> My, my mom walks through the door and I immediately like close my eyes and hide my face in the couch. Like, I'm not supposed to see this, mommy. She's like, oh, you shouldn't be watching this movie. And and shortly later, the cable company came and pulled our cable. So we lost all the good channels anyway. So, um, And to my defense, too, uh, Little Squeezette was like two days old at that point and sound asleep in my lap while I was watching uh, uh Jurassic Park, so and with the sound down yeah. too. But so you can she, always tell her that that's her first. She, we I we did watch Deadpool when she w- might have been old enough to pick up on a few words. So if uh, CPS is listening to this, taint. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Moving on, uh, there's a soundtrack that we were all obsessed with that you picked for your next one. Oh, still got Bobby Brown going. Let <laughs> <laughs> me pause that. All right, here's yours. Well, let me put that. my skirt on. This is what you picked. What do you think I was going to go with, Local God? No, I thought you were going to go with uh, the best song on the album. Well, am 
my opinion, local what talk show host? Talk show host on mute by Radiohead. Yeah. Well, yeah, but everyone knows that. But is there anything that sums up this album more than this song? Yes. Uh, that fucking slow song. I knew what I was doing. No, that slow song. What's it called? I'm loving you or something. Uh. Slow song. The one that's the one that we all fucking that we dreamed would be like our first dance with a woman we loved. Ah, uh, fuck. Paul Rudd Angel? gets... Is that what it's called? Gavin Friday? No, 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 no. Hold on. I'm going to find it. I'm going to... You tell your story why I find this. I don't want to shit on your, your picks. No, you, well, you just you just did. Apparently, I was supposed to be... I'm, I'm sorry. Love Fool is like the epitome of the 90s Romeo and Juliet. We love Leonardo DiCaprio, but the guys hate you. But eventually, somewhere down the road, you're going to punch a bear in the face. Yeah, and the we, guys are going to love you again. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, I loved him way before that. Way well, before no, Departed. Well, oh, you I watch was Basketball full. Diaries, and you're like, oh, God, I want to be that. <laughs> no, Departed was my full um, man crush on Leo DiCaprio. Uh, I was wishing you were in Gilbert Grape, but um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. My my favorite. He does anyone die in movies more than him? I'm pretty sure it's a meme somewhere. If not, someone's gonna make it now because we're a genius without the ability to create something. Um, I think he, like him and like. Going all the way back to, like, Van Cleef, if I want to talk, like, uh, my westerns. There's two male actors in this movie who I, like, went through high school hating, and now one of them I like. John Leguizamo. <laughs> one of them I like, Leo DiCaprio. John Leguizamo. And the second one, I have a full-on fucking man crush on, and that's Paul Rudd. Oh, I was going to go with Brian Dennehy. <laughs> <laughs> No, Paul Rudd. How do you not love Paul Rudd? I forgot that he was even in this movie. He That's plays right. Paris. Yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah. He was horrible and clueless in this movie. And you're like, fuck this guy. And then you got, like, he just kind of disappeared. And then I'm, you. I'm sorry. What was that movie? Well, I, I always forget the. T- uh, not adult. What the fuck? I love the you. Kiss man. movie. What? What's the Kiss movie? Kiss movie. It's him and fucking what's his name from American Pie? Oh, and oh, the oh, black oh, oh role models, kid. role models, yeah. Role With the kiss, the kiss fantastic. pinball machine. It's, it's the greatest. It's so good. It's combination. So good. Here's the thing: if you love, we were talking '80s soundtracks and scores. One of them was um, uh, Excalibur. Excalibur is on my short list. Right. Just because you know who doesn't love uh, a little? Uh, what's that goddamn song? You know, da, 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 what, you know what I mean. Um, Moving on. Anyway, Captain Picard um, is King Richard. Yeah. yeah. But but role models with the Kiss it's, Pinball Machine. Yeah. It's yeah so the Kiss good. Pinball Machine, but like the ending the, with the, the cosplay and and the, um, the LARPing. The LARPing, which yeah. eventually we're gonna do one day. One day. There is but, a but, big LARPing, a big LARPing club near us. I know all the rules. We're gonna bring in the whole crew. There's an I'm even a battle mage. I have my beanbags made. There's an um, even better Paul Rudd movie. I love you, man. Might be one of my favorite movies ever. I love how we're all leaving out Ant Man. 
Ant Man's fantastic. It's, no, it's I love Ant Man, and I and I thought Ant Man was the star of Civil War. Fuck Spider Man, and I love Spider Man, but I thought Ant Man was the star of Civil War, and I think he's gonna steal the scenes from uh, uh, Avengers: Infinity War. Come on, man! Everyone loves Hawkeye. <laughs> even, dude, there. I remember I sent you that clip of that Sesame Street. Even does uh, they do a veggies? Yeah, yeah. I, I showed you that, and they all do a parody of it, and it's it's rough, but it's hilarious because Cookie Monster, they haven't done these in a while, but Cookie Monster would do these movie parodies, and they did Avengers, they did Jurassic Park, they did uh, uh, what's the one with the hot chick from the movie that she played the ugly chick even though she was still hot in Philadelphia, Silver Lining's playbook, uh, the one with the running around and stuff, Hunger Games. Oh, um, they did Hunger Games and there was like cookies and shit and you learn like shapes and shit. Anyway, but even even in the Avengers, like he's like, "What do you do?" And he's like, "Something like I'm Hawkeye." He's like, "Or no, he's Hawkeye." Or like Zucchini, and the like, Cookie Monster just completely shits on Hawkeye in it. Uh, it's, it's, well, it's, it's easy it's to shit on the most fantastic thing you'll ever see. But you know how I, I told you about, I read that book, The Martian. Mm-hmm. And I, I read it, I, I finished it probably, I think. Oh, it's six, a Goodwill hunting guy. Yeah, I, I finished it I, uh, six months before the first trailer came out. And I knew they casted Matt <laughs> Damon in it. But the whole time I'm reading it as Mark Watney, the main character, I'm I'm seeing him as Paul Rudd. That movie would have been a thought. It was a good movie. It was a good movie. But if it was cast as Paul Rudd instead of um, Matt Damon, it would have been a, a, a fucking grand slam. Just because he's more normal. Yeah, and relatable. And that's how Mark yeah, Watney was he, in the book. I, I, no, you no don't read the book, though, because you don't read books. Paul Rudd looks like an astronaut. He does. <laughs> it's an insult. I, I say that. No. Like, no one is that chiseled. Right. Here's the thing. Do you know how much money it costs to put someone into space? Right. I don't, but it's a lot. Right. But Paul, and, and, Paul Rudd and is Matt, relatable. And, yeah, and, and that's we can see ourselves in him. And, you know, he lets himself have a beer gut. And he got ripped for Ant-Man. But, like, before that, he had a fucking beer gut. And CGI. But, but anyway, but just logistically, though, Matt Damon's, like, body mass because he's so ripped. And he, just he, delicious. He, yeah, he, he lost a lot of weight. He too much to send in the space. Paul Rudd's cheaper. <laughs> you just lock him in a room without a cheeseburger for a week, and you save Listen, yourself like what? One day, three million dollars sending what, him. In one space. day, when you realize it's not so hard to open up a book and read it on your phone or your Kindle, you can get by without the paper. It's not. It's not. No, 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 no. First of all, it's it's not that. I understand that. It is so much easier. I agree. There's a tangible element. I don't even like reading news on my phone. Well, you're going to have to get over if, that or you're never going to finish a book ever. you got a lot to read. You, you got Ready Player One, uh, Timeline, The Martian. I, I think I have a list a mile long for you. Um, Station Audible.com. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Station, go Audible.com backslash. Squeezer. Radger's podcast. Oh fuck yeah! I wish we had and, that. And see and see what that does for I you. I wish we got three. See what it does. I wish we got like three bucks a show from go, Audible. Go. We don't get shit. Go to Audible and and when it says discount, when it says coupon, type in Radger's podcast and yeah. see what they do for you. Right. And then you know we're sorry you got nothing from it, but that's then that's that's because Squeezer can't read a book. 
I don't have time. Bull. I get sidetracked. Well, you know how Shit. I read. When I read, I build a set. I build a scenario. I create images. I light it. Like, I, I can't we gotta get read a book like I read a script. We, we got to get you like, horse blinders. Well, yeah, you can give me... Just give me the feedback <laughs> first, okay? I didn't even have to set the joke up. I knew you'd finish it. You're You're just that great. But here's the song I was talking about, by the way, for all you people. My name is Vince Clortho. <laughs> I am the key master. Anytime. All your music. <laughs> There's a YouTube. Just remember, record. when it comes to the equestrian show, that counts. That does count. That scene counts. That's, that scene. Oh, that I have to pick that because I don't know what else I can have. So don't steal that. You don't remember this song? I'm gonna try to time this out. You know, we like blocked out like the next like couple episodes, right? Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to do some... I'm going to look at a calendar, actually. Because um, apparently I'm working tomorrow. Um, and we're going to slow dance to this song and put it on our YouTube channel so we have some content. Oh, this is it. This is it. This is beautiful. This is the song. This is the romantic song that they played at all the school dances. Well, spoilers. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but apparently at the end of Romeo and Juliet, so... Spoilers. <laughs> if any of... They if I, die. If any of us had balls, we would have went and danced with a pretty girl, but none of us did, so we just stare across the hall at them. Uh, I, I gave some kid 25 cents to give himself a swirly. I remember there was one school dance where the one of the girls came up to me and said, hey, my friend wants to dance with you. And I said, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I would say that I was, now. I was terrified. I'm still terrified. But I think, like, imagine how romantic it would be now if you were somewhere with Mrs. Squeezer or I was somewhere with Enchantress. This song came on, and you were looking at each other through an aquarium, <laughs> and you were able to have a moment. Oh, oh, and by the way, we both die within the next seven months. I mean, that's the only way it could be romantic. If that's not the case, and it's not... And our families have to hate each other, which is also, near impossible. Also, was in this too, man. He was awesome. Yeah. Uh, but well, yeah, this is the song I... There's I, more Paul Sorvino in this show. Paul Sorvino, yeah, there is. There is. Um, and we're not talking early Law & Order. No, we're not. We're talking the, the movie... Isn't the first season of Law & Order? No, this the song isn't the first season of Law & Order. Uh, no, Paul Sorvino isn't. Yeah, we're, we're, we're really tangenting, Squeezer, so I'm trying to bring the people That's back. what I'm trying to do. <laughs> You're trying to... I'm, I'm deflecting. Wait, we're really taught... Are we still on Romeo and Juliet soundtrack? Yeah. Because we... I'm looking at my notes. We're, we're all over the goddamn place. We're all over the place, but we are moving on. All right, I'm... hang on, hang on. Let me just go through this quick. Because this is the epitome of... Like, we, we should have been... <laughs> What the hell happened to this episode? I don't even remember what the hell we were talking about. Well, let me just hit you with another romantic song so we can. No, 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 no. I gotta finish. I gotta finish. All I don't right. wanna go back. All right, finish. You can hit another romantic song. Finish for the sake of the people. Fuck. Finish. So they put like 30 fucking volumes of this shit out. And by that, I mean two. Um, the second being the actual score of it with like audio from it, like right. being in, which if you're into it and like. There were, remember all the girls walking around their Leo t-shirts? Yeah. That was them. Right. So here's the list of... I'm just going to go by the list of artists on this. Garbage. Everclear. Uh, Gavin Friday. 
uh, One Inch Punch, which One Inch Punch gave us a song, uh, Pretty Piece of Flesh, like kind of like a techno thing, like before the gorillas were the gorillas, whatever, you know, there was that thing. But One Inch Punch had Justin uh, Wenfield, <laughs> who was in, you know where I'm going with this? No, I don't know what the, f- you're, you're losing us all. All right, Justin Winfield, who was in She Wants Revenge. Remember She Wants Revenge? No. Really? No. Well, tell us. Remember the song Tear You Apart? No. Oh. Remember okay. Catholic school, no pop music. I wasn't co- No, it was it was like techno, like dark grunge. What the fuck did they call that shit? Dark Era, I don't, I don't know. It's just really sad, grungy. That's what it sounded like, and that's what I listened to when I was in high school. Oh, um, like Nine Inch Nails. So, um, Nine Inch Nails, but without the ability, without Trent Reznor's ability to compose. Okay. So uh, imagine Nine Inch Nails is their own genre, <laughs> All right. and then you have everyone else. But Justin Winfield's really pr- fucking awesome because he was in uh, She Wants Revenge and they did a big hit, which was Tear You Apart, which they had a, a music video out there and they were in all those. Remember those machines you used to pump a dollar into in the bar and you can like pick a couple songs to play in college? They're still there? Yeah. You could pick, you could play them with your phone now and it costs probably more money. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop, 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 stop. No, no, I want to pay cash. Okay. Um, <laughs> And so they did Tear You Apart, which is directed by uh, Joaquin Phoenix. The music video, not the song. The, the music video. He directed the music video, which was pretty fucking creepy. And Joaquin Phoenix was in the movie Gladiator. The movie Gladiator came out in the year 2000. My Dog Skip came out in the year 2000. And Kevin Bacon was in the movie My Dog Skip. Therefore, Kevin Bacon... Was in Romeo and Juliet. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Six. Hang on. Let me do the math. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's nine degrees, but it gets you there. We'll we'll count it. We'll count it. Uh, so we talked about a couple romantic songs, and uh, there's nothing more romantic, in my opinion, than this song. This is from the no, Batman. No, 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 sing it, Ryan. Sing it. I cannot sing it. So this is Seal, "Kiss I from a Rose." I don't know if those are the words, but they rhyme. There was a great scene from uh, Community where he did this with uh, the Dean, and it leaked, and it was just so funny. Uh, so this is from Batman Forever, uh, "Kiss Kiss from a Rose" by Seal. You, you're doing Batman and Robin. No, Batman Forever. 
Batman Forever. Yeah. But you did Batman and Robin. No, you you did a song from Batman and Robin and talked about songs. Uh, the end is the beginning is the end, right. and the beginning is the end is the beginning, which right. is Smash the Pumpkins and right. their awesomeness. Yeah, I'm doing Batman Forever. Oh, okay. Uh, I almost did, but I couldn't remember if I did Batman and Robin or Batman Forever because I told you about when we start the show. Uh, almost two years ago. All right, I told you, what's two years, 24 months? 23 months ago, I was going to do like a database that we can search shit, but I haven't gotten that yet. So this has a, a couple great songs. Uh, the only U2 song I ever liked, Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me. Um, oh, it's awesome. It's so great. PJ Harvey, Brandy's on it, Seal's on it. Uh, uh, Mazzy Star is on this fucking album. It's Mazzy or Mazzy? Mazzy, Ma- I would say Mazzy. It might be Mazzy Star. I mean, I'm, who hasn't made out? It could be. It could that could be your uh, Irish upbringing. I'm German, so we go a little harder, you know. Sure. Uh, the Offspring, smash it up. Nick Cave, Method Man, Michael Hutchins fr- before he killed himself from autoerotic asphyxiation. The lead singer. Van- oh, that shit! That's right. Right. He's covering Iggy Pop with the Passenger. The Devlins, Sunny Day Real Estate, and fucking Flaming Lips make Wait, up. The, the, was that his version that they used for uh, Anthony Bourdain's uh, show, or was it Iggy Pops? Oh, pro- I don't I have no idea. I know when CNN took it over, they started using the passenger for their show, and I'm not quite sure which one. I think they use actually his. Yeah, the Mi- Michael Hutchins, Hutchins from... Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Who's probably cheaper. Forever. Yeah, probably... <laughs> You only have to pay his estate. Uh, so you know, I don't like that they rule his death a suicide. That's not fair. No, no, it was an it's, accident. It's it's what you call in the business a whoops a daisy. <laughs> um. So this album, I, uh, all, I like all these albums I own. I had this on CD. I like the I, movie and I love. I use my hand. I had it. it but there's Dude, not there's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's really good. Well, no, because if if you had the movie on VHS, yeah, you can be embarrassed. But if you had the CD, you're awesome. Uh, right. And only five songs from the CD were in the movie, but it still reached number one on the U.S. charts. Uh, PJ Harvey. Yeah. Uh, the Flaming Lips, Brandy, Offspring, Method Man, Nick Cave, and uh, Michael Hutchinson, PJ, and Massive Attack. Were, I love me some massive attack. Right, they were. Angel's um, like the most badass song ever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They were an attempt by um, Peter McGregor uh, to make the film more pop, like pop culture. Oh, but also, it, it's in uh, West Wing, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. The, oh, it's used brilliantly, by the way. The soundtrack was a huge fucking success. It sold. Uh, almost as many copies as Prince's Batman 89 soundtrack, which is a huge accomplishment. They didn't think it'd come anywhere near that uh, because of the, the the weight of the films. The 89 Batman was huge. This was kind of mm-hmm. not as big, but the soundtrack... But, but, but people bought more in, in like 95 than they did in 89. No, I'm willing to say that the soundtrack was bigger than the movie, 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was really big and uh, it was good. And, to- and I don't I don't want to use foul language, but you know everyone not everyone loves a Batmobile with floppy dick wings. 
No, but we don't need to talk about the movie. We're talking about the soundtrack. Sure. And um, I just I just was giving it up. That's one I had. I listened to it a lot. I liked even the Riddler song by Method Man. But uh, the music video for Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me, it's animated from YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. So check it out if you haven't seen it. And um, let's move on to your next pick. And by the look of your clip, I'm scared of what it's going to be. This is a song I think I'm going to hear when I'm getting murdered by you. You should be honored then. Perhaps it could be in a pink Cadillac or a meat truck. <laughs> oh, don't make me freeze to death, buddy. That's my nightmare. I, I think he was... Oh, you know what? I, wow, now that you think about it. Yeah, was he like hung up there alive? He could have been, yeah. Oh. Yeah, just freeze to death. Oh, with the meat hook in your back. <laughs> That's got to hurt. Yeah. I think the whole time he's just like, ow! Ow! <laughs> He did like to talk, and that was his downfall. Yeah. Uh, we are talking, of course, Goodfellas. Uh, yes, Goodfellas. And uh, this this little gem uh, by a little a little band called Derek and the Dominoes, uh, Layla. Yes, <laughs> uh, Layla. Uh, Layla. Hold on. Um, you keep so, going. I'm just gonna switch my uh, headphones thing here. Tell the people about the soundtrack. So. We talked about this a little bit earlier in the show. The way Scorsese uses m- music is different than anyone else in cinema. I don't think anyone can do it like he does. The way it it's worked in and the way it, things sync up to literally, it's like a music video. And he shoots and films sometimes like you would a music video. Like right. where there are sets where there's no dialogue. Right. He the song is like playing on set, right? Um, to match the action or, and the sequence and stuff. It's and like we said, forty-seven. There are forty-seven tracks that he used in this movie. Um, all the way from "Rags to Riches" by Tony Bennett, and that's uh, uh like the opening sequence. Um, and then it ends with. Uh, and so it goes like it's very early on. You have all that that classic uh, Italian American, you know, you know, fifties, you know, stuff and like uh, like the Cadillacs, the moon glows, and like uh, I don't know the Chantels, Bobby Vinton, you know, stuff like that. Right. And and it it transitions the whole time. And his rule was uh, he can't play a song until they get to with it that year in the movie. That's so it had to role. have been a song that the characters would hear. Um, and that's, and you think 47 songs, but when you think Goodfellas in a soundtrack, like it, it's this Layla montage after the, the Lufthansa cleanup that just, you know, sticks in my head, sticks <laughs> in, I think, everyone's head, I would think. Lufthansa, we're, we're booking flights for our next Euro trip. And uh, obviously, it's Latanza, the airline, when we're when we're going from city to city. And uh, I just uh, want to call up. Um, was it Frankie who set the score up, and then they killed him? Uh, yeah, Frankie was the uh, night watch. Yeah, I think it was Frankie. Yeah, yeah, it was, one of, it was the guy from uh, Dumb and Dumber. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. So that's I just want to call him and get set set up the heist. Yeah. But it's just... uh, you might have to look in a garbage truck full of lettuce. <laughs> That's true. Um, and then and then it, it goes on from there. Then it, it, the soundtrack picks up and it's very more like uh, uh, 70s and stuff like that. And 
you got a lot of Rolling Stones. Um, uh, Monkey Man's used uh, twice, actually, in it. And uh, and then it, the end scene, that end with uh, him complaining about ordering the noodles with ketchup and uh, Sid Vicious, uh, my way, playing as he just slams the door in your face. Right. It's just, it, it's awesome, like, just epic. Like, from, from the way it starts off with, like, this, uh, you know, the classical Italian style to just this grungy, angry, uh, disheveled, uh, you know, track. Like, it fits, like, his whole, like, scheme from beginning to end perfectly. Yeah, that's, um, that's classic Scorsese and uh, uh, setting up, a, a, basically scoring a film with, uh, with popular music. And yeah, and then, like, uh, like within uh, Reservoir Dogs, we talked about that, like, one horrific scene. Another, like, the most, one of the most horrific scenes in all Goodfellas, uh, as, you know, Tommy's in the bar with Billy Bats. Billy Bats tells him to go get his fucking shine box. <laughs> and you get, like, the sweetest, happiest song playing in the background while he's viciously kicked to death on the bar of a well, floor. at least Tommy's sorry he got blood all over the floor. <laughs> sorry you got blood on your floor, Henry's. Henry. Oh, God, <laughs> Henry's. It's my, oh, it's one of my, one of my favorite scenes in the movie, if not my favorite. It's just... And it's the music that does it. Like no one, I, like it's a good juxtaposition. Wow. Yes, it's like wow, your favorite scene really is watching a man get kicked to death. Yes, but when you hear Donovan singing in the background, yeah, then it becomes my favorite scene. In the movie. It's a, it's a good. It's just Scorsese works on every level. I love the band's yeah. work. I, I think it's, a, I, and I think it's his best. Like he does it in everything great. Uh, you know, his use of music is profound, and but I think Goodfellas was his absolute best work well uh this uh I'm, this is my first score uh i kind of shifted gears a little i this was going to be my alternative and i i, I kind of decided to go with it uh it's not a uh renowned and a rejoiced picture but i loved it as a kid nonetheless and i own the soundtrack on cd and i still have it um it was uh scored by uh jerry goldsmith and um, who won many Academy Awards for great movies, Planet of the Apes, Patton, Chinatown, or The Omen, Star Trek The Motion Picture, Poltergeist, Hoosiers, Basic Instinct, L.A. Confidential, Mulan. He did the score to Alien, Squeezer That You Love. Mm-hmm. And he, he won a Golden Raspberry for the score. <laughs> Aw. This is... The Spirit of Africa from the movie Congo, which is one oh, I, of, I thought it was in Carta. <laughs> no, this is uh, people just shat all over this for, I think, appropriation, even though I don't know. I really don't know. People, he uh, he just wasn't well resound for this, but I loved it I, and I loved it so much. The soundtrack specifically, I love the like like sweeping landscape shots from the movie that they play this mm -hmm. over, and I was like, oh, I really want to get my hands on that soundtrack, and um, I found it at like a wall or uh, or tunes, 
and I bought it. Mm-hmm. And my dad's like, "Are well, you getting a soundtrack to Conga there, Ryan?" <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this movie is often, I think, in the past shit on, but now it's kind of cultish. And mm-hmm. uh, I love the book, and I love the movie in its own right. They're very different. I, I think if this movie came out and Jurassic Park didn't, it would have been fine. Yeah, I like know. It people just, compared, it gets compared the two. to Jurassic Park. They hated like the apes, the people in, in costume for the apes. But you just at the time you couldn't do what they're doing with Planet of the Apes now. Yeah. Um, not that I want to see remakes, but like now they, they could. Like this isn't this a good song? Don't you like this? Yeah, it's great. It's not bad. Uh, I think if they were to redo Congo, my dream job would be to show run and direct, but not every episode, uh, an ongoing series for HBO miniseries where each season we remake a, con- a Michael Crichton book. I would start with Timeline and my second would be Congo, which there'd be like 10, 12 episodes and we'd give it like each like an hour plus. Mm-hmm. So you give it, you know, you get good time to tell the entire Crichton story and you go, you don't go deviate from the book. Like you okay, you, you don't you don't go Westworld on them. No, 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 no. It's it's on. It, like you stay. Uh, I don't know how how close um, Game of Thrones is to book. Nowhere near it. Ah, well, this uh, we're staying on book because Crichton wrote very cinematically, in my opinion. And I would love to like ima- imagine if like they. Okay, so you do you do, you do. Um, Timeline first, which was a fantastic mm-hmm. book. One day you'll read it. Then I'll you finish d- reading it. Then, then I'm you like a third Congo. of the way there. Now, before uh, a stupid studio gets their hands on it, I would very much like to do um, Prey, which is a fantastic mm-hmm. Michael Crichton book, and it, it kept me like on the edge of my seat the entire time. And eventually, I would say, "Hey, you know, I'm not trying to shit on the movie Jurassic Park, which is great, but let's do a mini series where we do the book verbatim." Yes, and which that, which I admit we talking about it would be an it wouldn't be a great movie to introduce an audience to if you did it by the book. No, no, it wouldn't be. It's a lot of science mumbo jumbo and babble and right. a lot of just and that's what I want. <laughs> yes, but now that it's established, now you could people would love to just you know, have that that watch people talk about dinosaur science. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm one of them. You should go tell them. Give their number or shoot them an email. Yeah, so uh, if you're listening out there, anyone who has ties to HBO, Showtime, Stars, Amazon, Netflix, YouTube, Hulu, I don't give a fuck. If you got the money, we're going to go to Crane's people and we're going to get the rights. I'm finishing his latest book, Dragon Teeth. I'm uh, like three quarters away through it. Mm-hmm. And that's another one that I would like to do as a series. I, I work in television. I can make this. You and I together. Yeah. Oh, thanks, buddy. And then we can do Perfect, perfect Storm and get crucified. <laughs> uh, yeah, fuck it. Why not, right? Um, oh, uh, it was Frenchie, by the way. Frenchie, that's it. Frenchie. Yeah. Was Frenchie. Frenchie was, you know, Carbone. Um, yeah, it was Frenchie. Well, you know... Just popped in there. I didn't want people going, dude, it's your favorite movie. Yeah, right. I do not know that. Why? Because because I have a lot of favorite movies, and I have a lot of stuff going through my head. I can't remember anything. So, I mean, you could go ahead and throw that right on there for me. I don't remember shit. So, fuck it. 
Um, it's the retention. I feel like as it's happening, I'm like, wow, I'm really learning something. And if you quiz me on it five minutes later, or forget it. So we, we learned a lot this episode, Squeezer. We did. Uh, we learned what a couple of our favorite music mixes and soundtracks were. Not necessarily for movies. I like Batman Forever, but I think I hold up the soundtrack better. Um, and we all, learned... It, all those... All those uh, Batman movies had great, like the soundtracks were 10 times better than uh, the movies themselves. That's not saying much, but. Then, uh, yes. Uh, and, but a couple of uh, house cleaning notes. Uh, don't forget to follow us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel so we can get to 100 subscribers. If you haven't done that yet, it's, it doesn't cost a thing and helps us out. Are you um, talking to me? <laughs> yeah, you, you, you could be one of those people. I would okay. appreciate it if you did it. Uh, uh, subscribe and uh, to the podcast on iTunes and rate and review us. That helps us out. That helps us get noticed. That doesn't again doesn't cost a thing. Just helps us out. If you like the podcast, go ahead and do it. Uh, Say also, something nice if you want. <laughs> you know, but be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. What else am I looking for? Uh, I'm gonna start posting more blogs, and we we will give you more YouTube content for that channel. Um, I am in the process of turning my room into a small studio so I could start doing quick quick videos. Uh, if you I, do, use the desk. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm turning Please. my. I have a layer back here uh, where I um, uh, I get to uh, do Radier's things and not wake up Enchantress. So I'm gonna turn that into a mini. I got my, you know, I got the equipment here, so I'm just gonna do that here and and just go over my, go through my toys. Like that was where this all started originally too, before yeah. the podcast. Uh, then um, what else? Oh, so our hundredth episode spectacular is coming up on our two year anniversary mid November. Uh, our, our subject is going to be about everything mall, but we don't want to just do a podcast. We want to know everything. If you have a story about a mall uh, your favorite mall from a kid and you have pictures or video, send them our way. Uh, we're going to compile it all and do this massive, like comprehensive, like podcast about malls when we were kids and why they were important and why maybe they're not anymore. Uh, so that's our hundredth episode. We're going to be requiring that stuff from now till, uh, probably like, uh, around Halloween time. And then, uh, mid November that, that episode's going to come out. There's going to be a blogs, many blogs and YouTube content along with it and celebrating our hundredth episode. We're actually going to put the work in, uh, and then we're going to, uh, we're making, uh, like I we said earlier in the episode, blinders and a feedback for squeezer so he can uh, focus <laughs> on it and not get not go down every rabbit hole he finds on Wikipedia. Feedback first. <laughs> Feedback first. Just put some cheese cheese ends. And <laughs> oh, a big bag of cheese ends. Uh, so yeah, that's um, that's. Were those Jurassic Park Cheez Its? Oh yeah. Maybe those. I'll go with those. Yeah. Fuck it. Whatever you can get in a feed bag, take it. Anything cheese related. So that's all for the Radiers podcast this week, Squeezer, right? <laughs> nice. Uh, that was this was definitely a fun one to uh, to go down. Yeah, it was a, a long, windy road for me, but and it's uh it's a it's gonna be we got a lot of fun episodes ahead. So keep listening, and if you think we're we missed the topic that you think we should handle, let us know. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and let us know, or visit our website where you can contact us, radiers.com. Uh, but that's all for now. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. Have a night. Have a good night.